Welcome, everybody, to another episode of True North Nerds. This week, we are going to look at Keanu Reeves' uh, comic <coughs> writing debut of Berserker. I don't know no how to vowels. say it. Vowels there. It's got no vowel holes in the title. Uh, Berserk? Berserker? Berserker. I think it's just Berserker. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're also going to talk WandaVision, because it ended this week and it was awesome mm-hmm. and then you don't have to listen to us talk about it uh again until dr strange comes out probably <laughs> <laughs> but we will talk about uh which a falcon and winter soldier oh, yeah and, but that's and a different and, that's and, a different show we, just won't the same. On, we won't be going on about how awesome wanda is <laughs> hopefully Hopefully, Falcon and Winter Soldier is good enough that it that we talk about it as well. <laughs> uh, or every episode could be, oh, this isn't as good as WandaVision. Why is yeah. this not WandaVision? <laughs> you but, hear meowing but, in the background? It's because the cats are fighting in my office behind me. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> Alrighty, but first... The introductions, as per every episode, we have Ryan. Hello. We have Jen. Hi. And we have Kevin. Hello. And with Ryan, we have the news. The news. the news. This week, we got a. We finally, finally got a title for Spider-Man Three. Yay! Yes. And and in keeping with the other two, we get a home in it again. This one, it's Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm. Aww. So when he gets convicted for, for, being, for being in jail, and there's no way home. Aww. The end. He's lost in the multiverse. And or, there's no way home. Or no... Yeah. It looks like there is no way home. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, I don't and know. They're movie filming comes it right out now. in December, right? Yes, it does. That's this year's uh, big Christmas movie from Marvel. Well, I guess from Sony. Hopefully, we can all go to a movie theater and see that movie in December. <laughs> the way our government's rolling out vaccine, I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on to a different uh, movie universe. Ooh, so a movie I'm looking forward to that comes out this month uh godzilla versus kong uh mm-hmm. that whole aircraft carrier fight scene that we see in the trailer apparently is 18 minutes long oh, oh yeah <laughs> rent's on the same page i want to see me i want to see a giant monkey and a giant lizard fighting on a giant boat for 18 minutes I just want this movie to be as fun as the last Kong movie and less like the last Godzilla movie. 
I don't know. I liked the last Godzilla movie. So. It wasn't as fun as the last Kong movie, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought I thought the Kong movie was much more fun. I don't really want to see it at all. <laughs> well, here's the thing: you don't have to. Exactly! Hooray! Well, you might. No. Let's see if we've got anything to review that week. Yeah. Maybe I'll be sick that week. <laughs> or uh, oh, Snowhawk cosplay has good internet. We could uh, at least have him sub in. There we go. That's it. Because I know how much uh, he, he likes it. So he would be a much better review than yeah, me. He, eh. he, oh, he's, he's a big, he was definitely on Team Kong, though. Yeah. yeah. So that evens it out. Yeah. Uh, okay, so speaking of Snowhawk cosplay, this one's G.I. Joe news related. So this is right up his alley. Uh, apparently, there's talk of Amazon coming out with their own live action G.I. Joe spinoff series that would be centered around Lady J. Hmm. Um, now Lady J was portrayed by Adrian, uh, Adrian, Adriana, Adrian Palicki, uh, back in uh, 2013 in GI Joe Retaliation. Uh, right now, there's no word if she is actually uh, attached to it to reprise the role or if it'll be uh, someone new. Uh, we do have that new Snake Eyes uh, movie coming out. I want to say in October. It was supposed to be out last October, but you know, yeah. with everything, it got bumped. So this would be part of that. In theory, it would be part of that GI Joe universe. And okay, so Halo, the long again, on again, off again, Halo TV series that is being worked on right now. So I guess it's on again for Showtime uh, is now being moved, and it's going to be moved to that Paramount Plus streaming service that was recently announced. Because everyone needs a streaming service. Yeah. I thought that streaming services were supposed to get rid of this. If you want to watch a show, you got to buy a new streaming service thing like Cable was doing. Uh, that's only when it was like things like Netflix and Crave. Were, so then it was everybody throwing their stuff at each other. Now mm. they've all decided, oh, wait, it's, it makes more sense for me to have my own streaming service and make people subscribe to me. Yeah, that's and annoying. And we're back at having to subscribe to everybody. Yep. Yep. Okay. Oh, so we had some more confirmation of our Moon Knight uh, castings. Uh, even, though it's been, hasn't, even though it hasn't been confirmed by Disney, uh, in an interview, Ethan Hawke, who was rumored to be in this in the upcoming Disney Plus uh, Moon Knight series, has confirmed that he is indeed in the show, and that the main reason he signed up is because of the involvement of of Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight in the series. All of these things have not been nice. uh, confirmed by Disney, but apparently Ethan Hawke don't give no shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he didn't even allude to it. Like, you know how you get those interviews where they're like, well, you know, maybe if it... Uh, yeah, maybe no, if it I was, was he, Jewish, he then... just said who it was. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, oh, has anybody else had a chance to watch Superman and Lois yet? No. Nope. I read a recap. Okay. Well, then I have. I have. I've seen the first episode, and apparently, with many, many other people, uh, sounds like it broke records for for downloads or streaming. It was sorry on CW, 
and it has been so well received and got such good ratings and everything that it has already been renewed for a second season. No, oh, good for it. Um, I watched the first episode. I really enjoyed it. I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and watch all of the second. I've seen parts of it, but I uh, I missed half of it one the other night, so I'll have to sit down and watch it. I've recorded episode one, but I haven't watched it yet. Well, that's right. I did. I have it set up. It's one of my PVR shows. So what's the premise of this one that makes it different from, like, other Superman shows? Okay. uh, So Superman and Lois are married. Okay. And have been for years. They've got two teenage sons. Oh, okay. Uh, They're, I want to say, like, first, like, 15, maybe 16, like, early high school. Uh, One of the things was uh, Jonathan, I believe, was the one son's name. Of course. Was, yeah. uh, And was going to be making the, the... if not the senior, then the junior football team when he should have only been the freshman or whoever the, they do that in the States, right? He was he was making the team for the older age group than he was actually should have been in, in high school. But then they, they spoiler, they move uh, from Metropolis, they move back to Smallville uh, for reasons. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff going on there. Uh, we see in the first episode, it looks like one of the boys has powers. So, so the other son, uh, whose name I can't remember right now, um, he is kind of like where Jonathan's your what you would expect, like you know, Superman's son to be, like this outgoing, athletic, uh, popular type kid. Well, he's like the opposite, more the the broody. Uh, he, he's, I think he was might be on medication for depression. Uh, has issues with his parents. Sees That's what you trip. want. A Kryptonian with m- mood swings. How horrible would it be if you had a twin and your parent was a superhero like Superman and your twin got superpowers and you didn't? I'd be so mad. <laughs> well, so far, that's within the first two episodes, that's part of the story is one of the boys has started to show superpowers uh, while the other one hasn't. Oh. Hmm. And yeah, no, I didn't really know much about the premise of this show, so now it sounds a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it's a mix of your superhero show with a little bit of, like, uh, not as not as drama-y as, like, Dawson's Creek, but, like, you do have, like, your CW teen drama going on there, too, because you got, like, you got teenage kids, so it's, like, you know, not as crazy as art as uh, Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> But it still yeah, it fits into the CW Arrowverse. So is Superman still doing Superman-y things? Like is he or is he like retired? Yeah. No, he's trying to do less because part of the thing of, you know, he's trying to be there more for the boys and make it, you know, because he up until this point, the boys didn't know he was Superman. Oh. They spring they they had kept that secret because they just figured, you know, their their thinking was, well, they're kids. Kids they don't got want big them mouths. To have the pressure of keeping the secret. The, uh, the my dad can beat up your dad argument uh, comes <laughs> up and they automatically tell everybody who their dad is and they win. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so they didn't want to have pressure them with having to keep that secret and have them you know, slip up someday like in yeah. the, you know, and reveal things. So they uh, that gets revealed to them in the first episode as well. So yeah, when they're teenagers. In, in a pretty interesting way, when they tell them they're like, they take his glasses off. He's like, I'm Superman. They're like, 
we've seen Superman. <laughs> You're not Superman. So then he goes around to the <laughs> to the family pickup truck and picks it up over his head and then flies into the air with it over his head. Like, and then right. puts it down. <laughs> and, and then the Lois is like, yeah, I didn't believe him at first either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's pretty good. In, in that first episode, they did some really nice throwback Easter eggy things. Like uh, they do a quick little recap of like of the Superman story. Like, you know, grow up, you know, crashed on Earth, grew up on a farm. Move to the big city, meets Lois Lane. So when they see him as like the first time he's Superman in Metropolis, he's got like the classic comic book Superman costume, like the blue with the red trunks and the black and red shield. Okay. Or like the yeah, the dark, like the really old school comic booky shield. I think I have a T-shirt of it. Uh, that one, and then when you get up to more modern day, like when you catch up in the story. His costume that he wears now is the same, is similar to the one I guess. Well, it's more or less the same one as he had in the in the crossovers and stuff, which looks a lot more like like uh, Henry Cavill's costume. Hmm. Just doesn't have the uh, 3ds. Like the the shield isn't three dimensional. It looks like when I saw a picture the other day, it kind of just looked like he was wearing one of those uh, printed T-shirts. <laughs> that you can find that like the skin tight t-shirts that looked like a Superman costume. <laughs> it kind of had that look in this one photo I saw, which wasn't that great, but on screen it looks good. That's funny. So yeah, if you haven't watched it, go give it a watch. I think this season might be a short season just because it started late and while everything started late. I don't know if they're gonna do full seasons this year for things, but it's been renewed for season two. And since we're on the Superman kick, we got some Snyder Cut news, mm. which is also coming out this month. Um, so remember there was the talk originally it was going to be cut up into like multiple hour episodes? Yes. And then they went back and said, no, 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 it's going to be one four hour movie. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I guess what they have done is they will have an option or it's set up in chapters. So then you can have an easy break if you want to stop and where to come back later. And they've released the six chapters. They've released the names of the chapters. Uh, so part one is called Don't Count on It, Batman. Uh, part two, Age of Heroes. Part three, The Beloved Mother, Beloved, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. Part four, Change Machine. Part five, All the King's Horses. And part six, something darker. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. I I still don't know how I feel about it. No. If I if I got this if I paid for the streaming service that it's gonna be on, I might watch it, but Don't you have Crave? I don't have HBO though. It's on Crave HBO. So it would cost me an extra ten bucks to watch it. Oh, so you have Crave, but you don't have the HBO stuff. I just have basic Crave, yeah. Oh, okay. So I didn't realize there was two tiers just because it's I don't know it's part of my. There are three tiers actually. There's Crave, Crave HBO, and Crave and Crave and Stars. Oh well, I'd probably have that. I would assume because I think I got everything. So you can come over here and watch it, Kev. Okay, that sounds like a plan. You come sit here for four hours. We keep yeah. waking each other up. Yeah. For, 
We'll have to watch it in, in stages if we're doing a, I'll come over to Ryan's. Or is just Kevin invited? <laughs> well, I didn't think you wanted to see it. No, nah, well, well, I'd rather watch might, that than Godzilla. Again, it might be a podcast episode, so yeah, no, for sure, yeah, yeah. If it's a no, podcast no. episode, I'll watch it. I'd rather watch that than Godzilla. I I have already stated for the record that I will be the uh, the sacrificial lamb, and I will watch both the theatrical version. And the Snyder Cut in order to kind of keep track of changes. Ooh, for yeah. who? Well, for the episode. So oh, for us? Oh, I thought you were talking about doing that for someone else since you were... I was going to say, I've already seen the other... The other no, but I mean, like, recently. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I gotta watch one, and then two weeks later, watch the other. <laughs> I am... I'm doing it for you and for the listeners, because I uh... love... Because you're uh, such a sacrifice. It kind of is. Oh, <laughs> anyway, oh okay, and my last little my last little bit of news. Uh, Fast Nine, the movie Nine. we're all looking forward to. Uh, it's been delayed again. <sighs> but not by long, right? No, not by long. It was supposed to come out uh, this May or May twenty eighth, <laughs> but now it's going to be June twenty fifth. I, I think it's got something to do with something something else shifted and yeah, Universal doesn't want to fight whatever else it is. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, one little thing I saw before we actually started recording. It's not super news, it's just interesting. Uh, I saw a headline that uh, uh, Tom Holland, everyone's favorite Spider-Man, mm-hmm. is uh, petitioning Disney... To get a uh, an advanced screening of Black Widow for the, the entire cast of Spider Man. Aww. Because <laughs> like us, like they're Holland. fans and they want to watch the movie. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Um, I came across something kind of interesting today. Ooh, uh, that's uh, it kind of falls in the news, not news sort of category. Okay. Uh, director Gore Ver- Verbinski, who did the the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and he's done a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he was originally attached uh, to the Gambit movie that didn't happen, the one with Channing Tatum that everybody's kind of forgotten about. Yeah, right. That was supposed to happen like ten years ago now. Yeah, that they announced in like at yeah. Comic Con, and he was there the whole nine yards. Uh, he so Verbinski's been doing uh, the interview circuit for something, and they it came up like whatever happened to that movie, and apparently it was a combination of timing because when he got it, it was like you got to get ready to go soon, and then that soon didn't happen, uh, and then Fantastic Four came out like the the failed one with the uh, Michael yep. B. Jordan. And right. So that came out and Fox like ripped apart their budget. And this, it was one of those things like, okay, we now can't do the script that we have. Like we would have to do like huge rewrites in order to do this now because we don't have the money to do half of mm. what we were going to do. And it just fell uh. apart. Uh, he describes it in in this interview as um, 
basically he's not sure what happened after that because he left the project. Um, but he says, what I do know is that Channing Tatum and his producing partner, Reed uh, Carolyn, had an amazing idea of what the movie was going to be. And Josh Zamuder, who was the writer as well, it, the writer as well had a good idea. So it was terrific. It was a really exciting sort of Godfather with mutants set in the world of <laughs> New Orleans with different gangs. Interesting. It's, it's now kind of like... That's a shame because that sounds like a pretty cool Gambit movie. Mm-hmm. Gambit's never been a character I care all that much about, so when Same. that movie didn't happen, I, I really didn't care. But if if you've got a good premise, it was one of those things that like there was that the, there was a couple of those Fox Mutant movies that sort of fell apart right around then. The mm. the the two that stuck were Deadpool, obviously, and New Mutants, right. Gambit was one of my favorite characters in the 90s uh, animated show, which is basically where all my history of X-Men comes from. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I get why people love him. He's just never been one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, he's kind of in the the generation of X-Men after the, like, your sort of heyday of X-Men, right? He epitomizes 90s X-Men. Well, you look at his character design, he is the... He is 90s X-Men. Yeah. Well, not only that, he is the Jim Lee template of badass-looking character. Yeah. Like, he would then go on to reuse that basic look for, like, a half a dozen other characters, including, like, Grifter from the Wildcats is the Mm -hmm. one that instantly comes to mind. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's, well, we we won't really know what we ever missed out on because it ain't getting made now. At least not that version with Channing Tatum. Yeah, he would have been good casting for it, too, I think. Although he's I... not great at accents. Yeah. If you've watched Logan Lucky, you can actually basically go through and be like, accent? No accent. Accent? No accent. <laughs> I liked Logan Lucky. And, oh, no, oh, me yeah. too. It is a fantastic Fun. movie. He's just not great with, with accents in it. The rest of him in it is great. Yeah. <laughs> Did well, you have anything, Kevin? I've got a, a bit, actually. There were... Um... Uh, two awards nominations that came out this week uh, that uh, fall in the geek sphere. One of the Annie Awards, those are the animation awards, and also the Saturn Award nominations came out this week as well. So I will just go over some of the top categories quickly here, uh, and you can throw in your two cents. Um, so the Annies are for um, animation, uh, vid- m- movie, and television, and these are for uh, – Things released in the year 2020. So um, for best feature, the the nominees are Onward, Soul, The Crudes, A New Age, The Willoughbys, and Trolls World Tour. I think you got to give it to one of the Pixar movies there. Probably Soul if I was going to yeah. give it to one of those. Um, and let me just jump down to the television one. Best TV media. So they have they divide TV into general audience, children, and preschool. Uh, I won't go over the preschool, but the children's one includes some shows that we like. The children's category includes uh, Hilda on Netflix, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, Star Wars The Clone War, and Victor and Valentino. Those are the five nominees for Best TV Media Children. And for general audience, your nominees are a show called Close Enough, which is on Cartoon Network. Jendi Tartakovsky's Primal, which Ooh, I haven't watched, good. 
but I've heard is really good. Yeah, uh, Harley There's Quinn with no with no script, no like, no not decent, no dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harley Quinn is uh, your number three. Rick and Morty. That's good too. Oh. And uh, the Midnight Gospel, which is on Netflix. Well, there's three good shows in there. Um, they also have categories for student films, visual effects, you know, ind- independent films, foreign films. They have a ton of categories. Um, so that's the Annies. The the Saturn Awards. I don't know why they they've done this, but they um, they hadn't given out awards since last. Not the summer of 2020, but the summer of 2019. So the nominations for the 46th annual Saturn Awards, which were announced this week, are for films and TV shows released between July 15th, 2019 and November 15th, 2020. So it's almost a year and a half's worth of of stuff is eligible. Mm. Uh, And they break things down by genre as well as media. So... Best comic to motion picture release, uh, oh. Birds of Prey, Bloodshot, Joker, New Mutants, and Old Guard. Uh, we didn't get any um, Marvel films in that um, 18-month period. Uh, science fiction, Ad Astra, Gemini Man, Lucy in the Sky, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, Tenet, and Terminator Dark Fate. The only one of those I've seen is no, I saw Ad Astra and I saw Star Wars. Yeah, I like Star Wars better. I've seen like four of those: Ad Astra, I've seen Ten, and I've seen Star Wars mm-hmm. and Terminator. Which one would, would you like best? Star Wars, out of Star all Wars. those, for sure. Because yeah, the rest of them were, you know, Ten had a lot of hype. Yep, it was it was a, it was a Nolan movie. What about for Ad, comic Ad book? Ast- comic book Sorry? movie. What would you pick for comic book movie? Birds of Prey, Bloodshot, Joker, New Mutants, or Old Guard? Why is Bloodshot even in the conversation? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that movie was it, it was all right at best. I like Old Guard. I think, I think Joker will win, too. Yeah, Joker probably. Because but I like it's the media darling. Uh, yeah. But really, out of all that whole category, I don't think any of them should win. Out of that whole category, was kind of was Joker fun. is the only one I haven't seen. Oh. Uh, I quite liked Old Guard. Yeah, I might go with Old Guard. Or Birds of Prey. That was fun. Yeah, Birds yeah, of Prey was, Birds of Prey was fun. Yeah. Uh, best Fantasy. Okay, tell me what you pick out of this group. Bill and Ted Face the Music. Jumanji, yes. The Next Level. The Lion King. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sonic the Hedgehog. And The Witches. No, see, you had me at Bill and Ted. I've only yeah. seen Bill, Bill and Ted, Ted out of all of those, I think. Uh, I've seen Bill I and wanted to Ted. see The Witches. Yeah, and we still I've seen, seen Bill and Ted. I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I fell asleep during it. Why? Like was Tarantino. Is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a fantasy? I thought it was just sort of. So, not. I guess I can give spoilers to a three-year-old movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I much like the end of Inglorious Bastards. They rewrite history in it. Uh, so that's how it gets to be a fantasy. Okay. I guess that says something without really spoiling. Yeah, that didn't spoil anything. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those movies. So. I really wanted to see The Witches because The Witches as a child was one of my favorite books. Right. And I did like the movie with Angelica Houston. Um, yeah. But I, I, didn't, I don't know what streaming service it's on. I didn't end up watching it. Um, I've never heard of it. Not even the original one? 
I couldn't tell you. No, nothing. Not, nothing that stuck out. But the witch is the witch that turns a boy into a mouse. Yeah, the Roald Dahl book. I've never read the book. No. Well, I, I didn't I'm read books when I was birthday. a kid. Best, the book uh, I won't read. No, uh, <laughs> horror film. Best horror film. Uh, Doctor Sleep. Freaky. The Invisible Man. It Chapter Two. Midsummer. Ready or not, or scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, I think I've only seen one of those. I have not I've seen. seen any was, of those. I've seen two. I've seen it too, and I've seen oh, Doctor yeah. Sleep. Yeah, those are the two that I've seen. I don't uh, like horror movies, so I haven't seen any of them. No, me neither. But I've heard good things about Midsummer. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's from what I've read, though. That's sort of a horror movie. It's the Swedish film, right? Kind of, yeah. It, it leans more towards um, psychological horror, from what I right. understand. But but uh, that's still horror, though. Uh, then we have action-adventure film. They, they Their choices are 1917, Bad oh, Boys for Life, movie. El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, nah. Fast, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, yeah. The Gentleman, or Mulan. <clears throat> Mm. The gentleman. That oh, was, that was the Guy Ritchie movie. The Guy Ritchie it? movie yeah. with Matthew yeah, McConaughey. Yeah. I wouldn't call that much of a that, that's so much an action movie. No, I love. I've only seen Hobbs and Shaw. Nineteen Seventeen was good. Uh, it was a good movie. Hobbs and Shaw was fu- a fun movie. Mm. So oh yeah, Hobbs and Shaw was fun. Movies. Yeah. Okay. I, best. Best th- oh, do you have a pick, Brent? No, it's a, it's it's the timing. It's like, why are we doing like movies that are three years old? Yeah, <laughs> they're I know, not I know three it's years weird. old. They're like a year, a year and a half at the tops. Yeah, it just feels like three years because of a yeah. pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> best, uh, but mostly best. because there hasn't been any new movies in the last year. That's yeah, why. Yeah, but at the time, by the time these awards comes out, it'll be two years. Like yeah. Hobbs and Shaw came out like not last. Summer, it, fall. The summer fall. That's one before. 19, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so, keep, keep be, going. Best thriller. Best thriller. The Five Bloods, The Good Liar, The Irishman, Knives Out, Mank, or Uncut Gems? Uh, okay. Knives Out the, probably would be up there. That's I the only one I've seen. Yeah. Uh, that I want to see it. Knives Out was great. Yeah, I love Knives Out. Even my uh, mom went and saw it and really liked it. <laughs> okay, let's let's jump down to television. Uh, best superhero adaptation: Batwoman, The Boys, The Flash, Star Girl, Supergirl, The Umbrella Academy, or Watchmen. Watchmen is probably the best one of that. There of that is bunch. no question that Watchmen is that is that number one show there. Uh, best science fiction television series. The Expanse. It's, it's not on the list. Doctor oh. Who, Lost in Space, Pandora, Raised by Wolves, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, or Westworld. Okay, Raised by Wolves is on this list, and The Expanse isn't. No, these people don't know what they're, they've lost all credibility. Wait, <laughs> to be fair, would that with the time period that they do this in, would that take place during the time period that the Expanse what didn't have a season? No, two seasons. Oh, yeah, there was a season in the fall of nineteen and a season 
And oh, okay. Last. Uh, the second, the no, the la- the latest season wouldn't have been in the cutoff. Oh no. Okay. No. Then I'll but of those, it. I would probably go with Star Trek Picard. Over now, did you just stutter or were you just cutting out? Because I couldn't tell if you were stuttering on that. I'm that not sure. I don't know if Star Trek Picard <laughs> is good enough. I like the the performances, but I don't know if I like the story. What were the nominees again? Doctor Who, Lost yep. in Space, Pandora, yep. Raised by Wolves, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, or Westworld. I would go with Discovery. Discovery? Out of the yeah, I, think I, would too. I like Discovery too. more than I yeah, like Yeah, and that would have been the season with... Um, with Pike. Spock, yeah. And the red. Even if it wasn't. And- like, as I liked Picard. I'm not one of those people who shit all over the show or anything, but Discovery yeah. is a better show. I think you might be right. At least yeah. that first season for me. Like, it, your mileage may vary. <laughs> but. Okay. Fantasy series The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. For All Mankind. Lock and Key, The Magicians, Outlander, The Twilight Zone, or The Witcher. That is a that category for me is a case of so much content is coming out that uh, as much as I wanted to watch most of those, <laughs> I don't think I got beyond like a couple episodes of some of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we only watched like one or two episodes of The Witcher. Yeah, and Dark Crystal, I think we got halfway through, I want to say. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't finish it, even though I'm such a big Dark Crystal fan. I should go back and watch that. And for all mankind, which one's that again? Is that That's the, the uh... the Apple TV Plus show with the alternate history about the space program? Okay, then I haven't seen that one. No, it's not what I thought. So don't. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe The Witcher. Yeah, it seems sort of the most classically fantasy, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, best action thriller television series: <laughs> Better Call Saul, Castle Rock, The Outpost, Pennyworth, Riverdale, Snowpiercer, or Jack Ryan. Ooh. Didn't watch any of them, so I'm going to abstain. Yeah. The only one I uh, watched was Jack Ryan, and it's really yeah. good. I was going to say I want to say Jack Ryan, but Riverdale's fun. Yeah, For it's not it as is. good as Jack Ryan, though. No, no. Uh, best horror television show: Creep Show, Evil, Fear the Walking Dead, Lovecraft Country, Lovecraft. Servant, The Walking Dead, or What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I, Lovecraft I've seen, Country's great. I've seen yeah. bits and pieces out of a couple of those. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is fantastic, but I'm not sure if I would put it in that category. I know it's because oh, yeah. so, it's got vampires and stuff, but it's Let's just. See fucking hilarious that's why it's in that category is because of it so the yeah. nature of the show but it's not really a horror show i'd say it's yeah. more of a comedy because I, I don't watch horror shows but i've watched every episode of what we do in the shadows yeah, yeah we need to watch that one too it's on the i list. i think i'm getting the f- strong feeling that the saturn awards really need to turn over and who's sorting shit out and categories well the uh, oh okay the categories well last year they had divided television into uh broadcast broadcast and cable or streaming services yeah so this year at least they 
put everything back together into one. Yeah, group. but even still, half of these categories are like they just kind of sound like something my dad would like an older person would throw in and like, ah, well, it's got a sword, so it's fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, then they have best film presentation on streaming media. Jesus. Oh, Nola so Holmes, Extraction, Shirley on the Vast of Night. The only one of those I've ever heard of is Enola Holmes. So Yeah, and that it was, was fun. cute. It was yeah. so cute. And the last one they have is Best Television Presentation Under 10 Episodes. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, God. Amazing Stories, Dracula, The Haunting of Bly Manor, His Dark Materials, The Mandalorian, and Perry Mason. Oh, Mandalorian. 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 <laughs> Although I've heard good things about Perry Mason. Actually, you know what? This I did watch that. It is good. 10 episodes. What the fuck? Really? Well, <laughs> that's the same as a miniseries category from the Emmys. Yeah. Oh, I guess, but still. Yeah, but Perry Mason's not. Oh, I. Well, okay. You know what? Now putting it in that context, okay, you can kind of get it because then you. It also includes. Shows that have limited runs of episodes, but are going to be going for more seasons. Yeah, like Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian. Yeah. Okay, okay. I take back my guffaw. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you haven't watched Perry Mason, and you can, you should. I hear it's, it's great. Uh, it's great. It is. Um, I I enjoy that the time period. Right, it's that time before, you know, technology and. A lot of all these crime scene forensics, and you know, so they're like figuring things out on their own and just start, you know, all that kind of shit. He goes from being like the the in the episode you know, in the series, he goes from being a down on his luck PI to becoming a lawyer and being the lawyer by the end of it. So, so anyone can vote on the Saturn Awards as long as you join the Academy, and it costs forty bucks to join the Academy. <laughs> How long do you get to be a member for? Just a year? I think it's at $40 a year, yeah. Uh, I wonder how many people actually are members then, because that might skew the votes. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, those are your nominees. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I always just... I always use them as a uh, use those nominees as a list of things that I may have missed that I should have watched. Yeah. Uh, the only other big uh, piece of news that I wanted to mention is that uh, Universal Orlando on their blog this week announced that work is resuming on their new theme park. They had stopped work when the pandemic started and they uh, started up again. So they're now projecting a 2024 or 2025 opening for their new park, Epic Universe. Cool. And that's where Nintendo is going to go and another Harry Potter land and a land based on Universal Classic Monsters. Oh, I forgot about that. That sounds cool. Yeah, it should be a cool park. All righty. So uh, do we want to talk comics or do we want to talk WandaVision first? Well, let's talk comics. So then if anybody wants to skip our WandaVision discussion, they can skip it after. You can just stop. (laughs) So we are uh, the reason this came up because some people might be a little bit confused as why we are 
reviewing the first issue of a comic book. Um, because we do talk about comics a fair amount, but doing an actual review on the show of a comic is a little bit on the rare side for us. Well, especially of a new comic. Yeah. Unless we're doing a long box of doom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So this is a series called, and we've been making fun of it, it's called Berserker. B-R-Z-R-K-R. It's uh, created and written by Matt Kint, who's done like MGMT and a bunch of other stuff. And and the the selling point for this book is Keanu Reeves' involvement. Um, it's drawn by Ron Garney, who is a fantastic artist. He, he's been kicking around for a while. I mainly remember him from a run on uh, Captain America, but he's mm. like he's done Justice League, Spider Man, Silver Surfer, Daredevil, Hulk. He, he's he's worked on a lot of books. This uh, series comes to us from Boom Studios, so it's not one of the big two. And it is, like, the best-selling comic book, like, pre-ordered comic book of (laughs) how many years now? Yeah. The the last comic that sold as many pre-orders as this was the re-release of Marvel's Star Wars comics. Really? Yeah. According according to uh, Bleeding Cool in February, it had already sold to comic shops 615,000 copies. Wow. Hmm. Now, there are also like a shit ton of variants to this of varying degrees. I know Big B had a bunch of them, one of which was already priced at uh, $199. What? Yeah, and there's like a, a and for those of people out there who might be like, well, that's highway robbery. A big V to give them complete and utter credit is one of the fairest stores for variants around. Like it's starting off, so if it's at if it's at one ninety nine at Big B, it's probably going higher elsewhere right now. Yeah, they're really uh, good for at least having like their prices reflect the market value of it for sure yeah and and even i would say sometimes on the low side like yeah. i know there's like a one in 1000 variant that's like sold or, or sorry not sold like um like signed by keanu reeves and matt kind and ron garney I, I imagine the reeves signature is the big one because mm-hmm. if conventions start up again he's the one that's not going to be there most of the time right. barring like san diego kind of thing. Um, so we thought it was worth taking a look at this book because it's very newsworthy and it doesn't sound from what I've heard. It doesn't sound like Keanu Reeves rubber stamp this. It sounds like he was directly involved. Uh, I know Arun Singh who used to do uh, marketing and PR with boom. He's now moved over to uh, Robert Kirkman's company skyward. I know when he was at Boom that he sat in on a bunch of phone meetings, like or Zoom meetings, where Keanu Reeves was working out like plot and story beats with Kind. So that like he was involved. He might have not been doing like dialogue and word balloon placement, but he definitely it just doesn't wasn't a rubber stamp thing for him. Right. So what is this comic about? It's about an immortal warrior 
who has been carving a path of carnage across the globe for a couple hundred years, maybe even longer than that, centuries, and he can't die. So he has taken up a job with the U.S. government in order to do the missions that are too high risk for your average person to do to get them done. And in exchange, the U.S. government is going to try and figure out how he can at least become mortal again. The main character uh, looks a hell of a lot like Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a coincidence. So we'll go around the table. Uh, we'll start with Ryan because I know Ryan was like the one of the more excited out of us for this book because he pre-ordered the first copy. What did you think? Uh, I I enjoyed it. It's uh, well, it's the first issue. It's actually it's not it's not a long read. It's not a hard read. Uh, it's mostly word balloons, like you know, a conversation between two people that takes place after the events that you're watching. And uh, I think it's, it's an interesting premise. I'm interested to see where it goes. It's only, it's a limited series, is it not? Uh, yeah, I want to say it's like 12 issues. 12-issue maxi-series or something. So it's not going to be one of these ongoing, well, who knows, it may get another series run after it, depending on how it ends. Um, but yeah, no, the art's good. The story was fine. It's an interesting. It's an issue one. It's introducing stuff. Uh, I was sold on it when they, you know, they were smart. They used Keanu Reeves as in their marketing material and put out a video with him just kind of talking about the book and his involvement and what it was, you know, just you know, kind of the story beat a bit. And it's like, okay, you know what? I like Keanu. He sold me. I got Big B to put a copy aside for me. Uh, what right. you guys think? Well, would you continue getting it in singles form? Uh, right now, I think that, that's the way I'm going to go with it. I'm going to just—I'll probably stick around with it in, in single uh, paperback, floppy versions, and just get all twelve. I'll stick with it. It hasn't turned me off yet. Kevin, what did you think? Well, I am not as enthusiastic as Ryan. Um. It felt like a lot of retreads of things I've read before. It was like the old guard meets Vandal Savage. Um, it it didn't wow me. It just seemed like excessive violence for the sake of violence and a character that I've seen before. It, I just and I like Matt Kent. I've read Mind Management and and those kinds of things, but. Uh, this just didn't thrill me. It looks good if you like ultraviolence and and that, but uh, it just wasn't for me. Sorry. You don't have to apologize. You're allowed to like what you like. You make Keanu cry. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, he can go cry in his millions. And Jen, what did you think? I agree with Kevin. <laughs> uh, it's not my thing. It was aggressively violent for me and I'm not a big fan of overly violence especially like the pictures of him like ripping out people's jaws and there's like brains everywhere it's blech. um I would prefer to read the old guard again than read that uh it basically seemed to me it was like what if you took a 
a roided up Wolverine and stuck him in the old guard. Mm-hmm. Um, except for without any of the personality or, or characters that are in the old guard. Um, it might be because you don't really get it too much into plot in this one, other than he's very violent and wants to be mortal. So, I mean, Brent's probably going to buy it and either continue it in floppies or buy it in train. And I may read another issue just to see if there is a plot that grabs me, but there was not enough character development or plot for me to really want to continue this otherwise. So, I mean, it begs the question, and after Brent gives his review, you guys can answer this. If Keanu Reeves wasn't the one promoting this, would you have picked it up? Like, if you had just seen it sitting uh, in the new releases stand at Big B, would you have picked it up? Or is it purely the the uh, the um, endorsement from Keanu Reeves that's making it so that's giving it so much hype? Um, oh, I-, I thought. I, I fall in the middle. I, I thought it would, I think I will pick up the first trade because I'm guessing this will be split into at least two different trade paperbacks. Um, it was interesting. Like the, the, the kind of thing that I keyed into more than anything else on it was like the uh, U.S. government definitely wants to use its DNA material to make super soldiers. Yeah. And that kind of subplot kind of intrigues me a little bit, but uh, I thought it was all right. As to the the Keanu question, um, I'm different than other people. I might have taken a look at it just because it's a Boom book, and Boom has a really good track record as of late of coming out with interesting stuff. Like, Like Once in Future, for example, is another one of those books that... I I picked up because it had a writer that I liked, an artist that I thought looked good, and it was from Boom, so it kind of has a stamp of quality to it. Mm. But I could also see like if if Keanu Reeves wasn't involved with this book, is it selling that many copies? Not a chance. Like <laughs> no, I don't no. think even Boom would be kidding themselves on that one. Yeah, you have to ask yourself: Is this a comic book or a movie pitch? Oh, it's totally going to be a movie with starring Keanu Reeves someday. Someone's going to option it, but you know the same thing could be said for any yeah book or comic that's done with a, you know in conjunction with a movie star. I think I would be more likely to watch this as a movie than to continue reading it as a comic. But again, it depends on if the plot ends up grabbing me. Because right now it's not grabbing me, but mm-hmm. I mean. It's like you said, it's the first issue. It could change. It could get better. It could stay the same. Yeah. You know, you know. The first issue should grab you enough to try and get you in the second issue. I'd be very curious to see what the numbers are for issue two. Yeah. Like, like there, we know historically for all comics, most of the time issue two has a drop off for uh, shops ordering it. Because people still, like, number ones will always be worth money. That's not necessarily true, but that's the prevailing wisdom. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. When you hear that it's, you know, how many, like you said, that it had already pre-sold 600,000 copies or something stupid like that. Well, my one copy of of the A cover of issue one, yeah, not going to be worth much in the long run. Mm-hmm. 
Unless everybody throws their copies away like they did with the Spawn number ones. Because there were so many Spawn number ones out there that now Spawn number ones are starting to be worth something again. But Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah, slowly. I think they're like <laughs> up to like $10, $20 now. Yeah, it is. Spawn number one's historically one of those books you can look to. A lot of those image era books. The uh, I'm just going through eBay to see what people have them listed for. And the the regular copy, is, like the regular cover yep. A, I think, the the, uh, yeah, the one we have. Grandpa, yeah. Is is basically going for retail, like a buck more, maybe, mm-hmm. like five ninety nine, six ninety nine. I can't remember what the the charge of it was. Now, somebody's already got a CCG copy of it uh, at nine point eight up for fifty seven bucks. I ha- find that hard to believe. Because... Oh, it's pre-sold. Okay, got it. Yeah, okay, so I guess it's CCG's got a bunch of set aside already that are graded, and these companies are pre-selling these graded copies at that price. Or Wait, are we talking Spawn or are we talking Berserk? Berserk. Berserk. Oh, okay. Yeah. If it was Spawn, I would believe it, but because it's Berserk and Berserk just, Berserker just came out this week, yeah. it takes longer than that to get a, a book graded and there is a backlog <laughs> at the grading services. So, yeah. So I, I guess they're promising that your copy will be a 9.8. Like yeah. with that many copies out there, it wouldn't be hard to go through your stack and like take a hundred of them, get them graded and probably however many of these people are pre-selling, like let's say 40 to 50 copies yeah. at that rating it wouldn't be hard to get them, right? Yeah, it's so, it's older comics that you have a hard time getting those higher grading numbers at. But you can, yeah, there's there's people selling. There's one variant in particular that seems to be going for, uh, or I don't see that one variant that Mark had up, though. But is, oh, there it is. Yeah, so Mark's price is about right for that one variant that he was selling. Yeah. So uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with this property. Like I I think we all generally assume it's going to be a movie at some point. I would be very surprised if there's not a film company that it's not already set up at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, we'll have to overall, get a move on it before Keanu Reeves gets too old to play it. Well, yeah. Well, he, much like his comic book counterpart, he is immortal. So. <laughs> <laughs> you okay there, Kevin? Uh, it's been a rough day. Oh, okay. So you, you hear you, sh- you know, shaking around, shifting and grinding and grunting and yawning and. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's okay. Just want to make sure you're okay, man. Yeah. Just check it in. So from Berserker, we go to insert your own witty pun here because I can't come up with one. <laughs> Try to say WandaVision without any vowels. There you go. WandaVision. The last episode of WandaVision has appeared on Disney Plus, barring the next week we get a making of. Yes. But. It's, uh, I would say we probably got two theories right and 20 wrong, 
Yep. So if you <laughs> if you haven't episode? watched it, turn it off. Stop the podcast now. <laughs> That's true. Spoilers. Skip ahead uh, to the end and get our geek picks. Yeah. You still there? Now it's your own damn fault. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love how the show ended. Yeah, it was a good ending. There's a lot of kvetching about it online, though. Uh, uh, fuck them. Really? About yeah. what? Well, where was the big guest star that they said was coming? Wow. Yeah, well, uh, so I didn't do it on this show. I was a guest on Post Networks or Post Wrestling Networks uh, 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 review show of Wandavision. They they've kind of branched out into more MCU stuff, and I had related the theory that the actor that Paul Bettany, because it was after the the second last episode where we see the White Vision mm-hmm. show up, that the there's the theory that the actor that Paul Bettany went on interviews about and said it was a guy whose work that he really trusted and he's always wanted to work with was himself. Okay. He was yeah. just fooling everybody. <laughs> and that's what it turned out to be. Yeah. So kudos to Paul Bettany. Because yeah. that's a trolling of an epic level. And everybody who's complaining about it can't take a joke. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's funny. I, I love how they managed to keep all the stuff under wraps. Yeah. Like it, even now, like um, what's her name? Uh, Emma Caulfield has come out and said like her character, there is nothing more to it. Yep. She is exactly as we saw it on screen. Yep. And she Which felt was bad that? because she saw Dottie? all the, Dottie. Yeah, Dottie. Dottie. she saw all these theories coming out and stuff. And she knew people, some people were going to be very disappointed because she in our geekosphere, she is a well-known commodity from her time on Buffy. Yeah. But really, it was it, that's the whole reason they, they put her out there in some ways, was it was to throw the scent off. Yeah, and they were in, good with red herrings for this show. Like which a, just a, made it more enjoyable. As <laughs> it turned out, the while the commercials kind of reflected certain bits of trauma in the show... It, like none of the in-depth theories turned out to be correct. Like those weren't her parents. We saw what her parents ended up looking like. It wasn't those two actors. The at the end of the day, is she going to be the villain in Doctor Strange? Like I predicted. I hope not. I don't think so at this point. Jen's pointed out that it was kind of like it would be too much flip-flopping at this point because she's already yeah. been a villain sort of in Age of Ultron. She's kind of had two redemption arcs now. Yeah. You're, do you really want to pull that trigger with a third? I'm glad you liked my theory. <laughs> well, the other thing was that is that, you know, my other point was that the MCU is designed for people who don't have the extensive comic history that you guys have, I don't. Um, so if they start pulling things from the comic in too much depth, you ris- run the risk of confusing your audience, right. um, your well, mainstream audience. Alienating them. Exactly. So you, 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 if you start getting like, Wanda's good, Wanda's evil, Wanda's good, Wanda's evil, you're going to start to really confuse and alienate people and that's going to kill off the franchise. So I think now that they, they started Wanda off as a bit of a antagonist in age of Ultron, they gave her a redemption arc 
They brought her through this grief process and she came out on the other side damaged, but still a good person. I think to now twist her into a bad guy, into a villain, like that a whole movie is hinging on would be a huge disservice. And I think that would just alienate and confuse people. And I don't think that they can do that in a way that will save the MCU, basically. They've ingrained her too much into it as a good person. I think she's going to be, by the time we get it into Doctor Strange, she's going to be tempted by, like, the dark side. Because she is going through the the dark hold book, right? But it's going to be more of the the temptation that the One Ring gives all those characters in the Lord of the Rings series. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, why shouldn't we use this power to fuck up evil and get back what we lost? And yeah. that's uh, there. I see that, but I do, now I don't. I don't think she's going to be the outright villain. No, and also if they have her, I think that I can see her trying to um, find her children again. Like because you can hear his, you can hear the kids at the end of the the last scene. Um, but I also think that it would be a disservice if they suddenly make the plot of. Um, the Doctor Strange movie, her trying to recreate her children, because that was the whole plot of WandaVision. And if you do that plot again, then you've just negated every lesson that she learned in WandaVision about letting go, about the grieving process, about, Mm. you know, the depth of love. And the fact that at the end of WandaVision, she was able to put her children to bed, knowing they were going to disappear and say goodbye to them and say goodbye to Vision, knowing that everything was going to disappear you were just going to completely negate that sacrifice if the next time we see WandaVision, she's like, I've recreated my children again. As sad as it is, but sometimes you need to have that tragic arc in order to complete the depth of the character. That's my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, although there is a town full of people in New Jersey who do not look on Wanda as a hero. No. Um uh, but she but acknowledges that. She too, even realized like. that oh, and yeah. like accepts that part of her penance, right? Yeah. yeah. And she's not trying to win them back or make amends. She's just like, yeah, I wronged you and I am sorry, but you're not going to believe me or or accept my apology. So I'm just going to. Nothing gonna go. I can do will fix that. So yeah. see ya. But the fact that she acknowledges it as her wrong, she wasn't like it was Agnes's fault. It was, you know. Ultra or um, Thanos's fault. She is like, nope, mine. I yeah. own this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mia culpa. Yeah, My pretty bad. much. But that's also part of the whole her whole grieving arc, right? At the end of it, she gets to acceptance, and like you, you that's where you want her to be. That's a healthy place for anybody to be mm-hmm. at the end of a grieving process. Um, where do we see Vision go from here? Well, he went through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, well, I guess the surviving vision out of the two. Um, where yeah, he went like, through the ceiling. Yeah, but where he does he go space. from here? Like, when does when do we see him reappear? Um, oh, go ahead. I he might show up in Secret Invasion. Um. Oh, that wouldn't be a bad one. Because they did also set up Secret Invasion at the end of this series as well. Yep. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't really know if there's a, a another place. That he- they 
they definitely left it on a cliffhanger, but also where they could write him out. Right. I, I don't know the status of his Marvel contract if this is Volbatni being done. Now, again, they can always bring out a new contract and dump trucks full of money, so that doesn't <laughs> really matter. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think they, they don't have to go back to it, but there's a lot of interesting stuff that you can do when if they decide to. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of me really wants him to reunite with Wanda again, but is it her vision? That's the thing. Like he's got memories, but he's well, not he, the same person or the same person. Well, he right? Should, he should be though. He should be because the only thing that's different between that vision and the vision from and uh, Infinity War is he doesn't have the the stone in his head. Yeah. It's well, the same body with the same no. The other way to look at it is that it's like me telling you stories, right? Yeah. About like he didn't experience you know, it. of me meeting Jen and stuff. You might know all the stories backwards and forwards, but you weren't there for them. Like that's the other way this can be handled, and I think that's is Kevin. Is that kind of what they ended up doing in the comics? That's it. Seems to me that's what they did after. Like uh, yeah, so there like, was the, the the Vision Quest storyline in West Coast yeah. Avengers, and uh, when the Vision was reassembled, he was, um, as I recall, he was unemotional and uh, really didn't relate to um, Wanda at all. After that, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like even further, like he gets his memories back and stuff later on, kind of like this version. Mm-hmm. But I want to say they they like there's a single issue where they like basically talk about it and have kind of an amicable divorce, essentially, of like he vision going like, hey, I remember all this stuff, but I'm not that dude. And yeah, she kind of accepts that that's the case, that that's not the the man she was married to and loved. They just happen to know a lot of the same things. Yeah. And 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 I think that, again, as much as I would love to have Wanda have her happy ending with her family, it would negate the whole WandaVision story arc. Having her be like, I've dealt with this grief, I've moved on. Oh, hey, yay, he's back. Um, say, oh, who are you? I'm yeah. the Vision. No, you're not. Yes, I am. So yeah. I kind of don't want them to meet up again, but I oh, they will. I'm sure they will. And it'll be Here's- interesting when they do. Yeah. Here's the kind of elephant in the room. We know those kids come back in the comics because they are Speed and Wiccan mm-hmm. uh, in the Young Avengers books. It really seems like Marvel is building the MCU version of Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. You have reports that Patriot showing up in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. You and have, America Chavez as well, I think. Yeah, American Chavez is, is sort of floating around out there. You also have Ant-Man's daughter. Thatcher. And, as Thatcher. Uh, we know for a fact Kate Bishop exists. because mm-hmm. of And Miss Marvel. And Ms. Marvel's coming. And we just Ms. need Marvel's a squirrel coming. girl. So really the only character you're... The only two you're missing are Hulkling. Squirrel which girl. Which be... Easily, and Squirrel Girl's not part of the Young Avengers. <laughs> Neither was Miss Marvel, though. 
Yeah, but she's... Oh, part... no, but Ms. Marvel became part of Champions, which is like the successor yeah. version of and that. And Squirrel Girl's yeah. part of Marvel Rising with Patriot and uh, America and Ms. Marvel and Spider-Gwen, so... Uh, okay, so maybe Squirrel Girl. Not likely, but maybe. <laughs> Yay! And so we have... Um, Hulkling is... That's a harder one to kind of get out. I don't know... If they'll yeah. ever do that, because he is secret like invasion, though. Yeah, but he was already be done. Yeah, I guess. And um, Iron Lad, who is you a version you were, of gonna, you were about to say, well, he was already here. Yes, but oh well, no, that's yeah. But as I'm saying, like Hulkling could already be around because yeah. of secret invasion coming, right? And we know there's scrolls on Earth. Mm-hmm. Hey, but isn't he? He's the son of like the the Skrull Emperor or something, isn't he? Well, he's he's a half he's a half breed. He's half yeah. Skrull, half uh, Kree. Yeah, and with ties to um, one or both of the ruling classes of of the those species. Well, that's now why. he's both of their emperors. And well, that's what I'm saying. That's how come now he's the emperor of both. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, it, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see those kids come back. I guess it's how they bring them back is the question mark. Well, they we heard their voices at the end. Mm-hmm. So, Here's my theory. In the multiverse. My theory is that Wanda is messing with things that she doesn't understand, of course, right? Well, yeah. she's playing with the Darkhold book. Uh-huh. Which, like, and, um... You want to so, kick up, it, it's bad. And we also know from the Doctor Strange movie that a lot of magic draws its power from the multiverse. So my theory is that Multiverse of Madness kicks off when Wanda accidentally does something that um, that that knocks the balance off or something. So or I'm not saying she's doing, doing it. She's going to do anything on purpose as evil like villainous yeah villainous but that she's messing with things that she doesn't understand because she doesn't have any magical training and she's reading the most evil book in the uh in the universe a book which uh i i don't know if this counts as canon but that book has shown up on agents of shield and in the show runaways oh was it in runaways too yeah Hmm. um it looks different than the version that was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. <laughs> it was just a different edition. You know, it's a magic they, book. It can look like whatever it wants to change you know the cover. How, you know how they put the movie poster on the front of books when they reissue them when the book becomes a movie? It's the same kind of thing. <laughs> just, the one we saw had the had the dust cover on it, and this one doesn't. That's yeah. Um, I don't I, know. I, I, I like th- that theory. Yeah. I get, although I kind of figured that agents of shield because they did a lot of time travel and shit sort of stuff too that they're they're now in a different part of the multiverse by the end of that series yeah like the connections were limited to begin with and then by that last season they were just gone Mm. so i don't think it i think it's still canon i just don't think it's canon to the mcu anymore it's like canon to mcu point one yeah, especially I can see like after after Age of Ultron, because that was pretty much the last time where they had a direct tie-in to a movie. Isn't from Winter Soldier after Age of Ultron? 
I don't know. There's been so many movies at this point. It's hard to keep track. Yes, before that, because Civil War is more or less Avengers 2.1 or 2.5, right? Civil War takes place after after Old Age of Ultron. So Winter yeah. Soldier has like to take place before. These, which is kind of good. So. I've just been looking at Marvel timelines right now too. Yeah, which so, is yeah. also why, but yeah, yeah, it's because Bucky's fighting with Cap at Civil at Civil War, and Civil War takes place right after Age of Ultron. Avengers, Iron Man three, Thor of the Dark World. Uh, yes, I yes. think so. No, the timeline yes. I've got has. First Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 2, then Age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. Yep. What about the one you're looking at? Um, Oh, I'm not looking at anything. No, look at Kevin. Sorry, you just said I'm looking at a really detailed one that breaks things down by scenes. Oh. Oh, Jesus. The only reason I say that is because in Age of Ultron, they use the helicarrier that we see at the in the, one of the late last one of the season, whatever the season is around that time uh, of Agents of Shield. Like uh, Nick Fury shows up briefly, and he borrows that helicarrier. That's why he said some friends had it. Oh, okay. Eh. So he got it from the Agents of Shield because they had found yeah. it in some secret but, base that they had found, and that's, that's the last saw. That's what I'm like saying. That's, that, from there on, there's no... I don't think there's really any connection between the show and the movie. They not, not like It's nowhere near as clear as they did with uh, right. Winter Soldier. So this one I'm looking at is on Inverse, and it lists um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 and Thor The Dark World is happening in 2013. And then Captain America Winter Soldier... Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, because there's that scene after after Dark World where the the Agents of Shield go to clean up, right? There, like, yeah. That's the that's the tie-in with the show there that season mm. or that little bit. Yeah. And at the end yeah, of that, season, regardless, I think Agents of Shield is like it's only canon as much as they want it to be at this point. Oh, for sure. Which is yeah, probably very limited. Yeah, it's, and I, I'm it's not sure about that started off so strong in that sort of stuff and then really fell off the rails like to no fault of the TV or movie sides. No, yeah. it, it, it was just really hard to coordinate. Well, that and the TV was held in the grips of one guy and the movies yeah. were held in the grips of the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> there's well, there there is so, a great thing Mr. Sunday movies did on the Inhumans and the debacle that ended up being. Uh, so that kind of shows the difference between those two sides. Yeah. So I wanted to ask uh, if there's anything you're disappointed about in in the way the show ended. Uh just briefly, mine is that we didn't get enough Darcy in the last episode. She had one line when she oh, drove yeah. a truck into the side of Hayward, <laughs> but uh, but uh, we didn't see her again after that. 
I think she comes back now. Like it it sounds like like they did with her. I've seen interviews with basically again, money will talk better than anything else, but it really sounds like they approached her about being involved in the show. And she was Mm -hmm. like, no, my character really doesn't have much more to it that I didn't explore in two broke girls. (laughs) (laughs) And, And they went, no, 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 we've got some ideas and pitched to her what she would be doing within the MCU, like what her was up with her character and stuff. And she really liked it and signed on. So it wouldn't surprise me if they have more plans for her, like maybe not full time, like our, our proposed Jimmy Woo Darcy X files in the MCU show. that. <laughs> but, but. So uh, I, somebody asked me uh, about that, like, uh, if we could get more Darcy. And I said, well, these are the four places that I think Darcy could show up. The first one's a long shot, but she could show up in Loki. Oh, definitely. That's a possibility. Yeah, that would be cool. The second one is Secret Invasion. Because uh, yeah. she's just smart uh, computer hacker whiz. She could show up in Thor 4, but I think she's gone on record saying she's not in that movie. Uh, Which really doesn't mean anything nowadays, but... No, but I think it would have been hard for her to get there. Like, between the filming of this and getting to Australia, which is where Thor is filming, and has very stringent uh, contagion plans for COVID right now. Like, it doesn't mean she's not, but I I honestly don't think she is. Yeah, but when did they film WandaVision? Wasn't that it would have ended filming around the same time Thor started, I think. And I think Thor also had starts and stops. Yeah. Plus, just because, like you said, depending on how small of a part or what she's doing, doesn't really mean she needs to be down there on set. They could film something up in California or wherever. And she's she's also filming another TV show, though, too. Yeah. called uh, Dollface, which is on Hulu. Okay. So between those two things, I would think. But it, it's a possibility. Oh, who knows? Yeah. She could also show up in Captain Marvel 2 because she's yeah. friends with Monica. Yeah. Maybe Monica, Monica will take her. Powers. Yes, she did. Mm. Or at least some of them. There's some interesting ones. She's uh, let bullets phase through her. That was an interesting part. Energy, so. Oh yeah, I liked it when she uh, did her thing, and then the, then uh, the one kid stopped it with his magic, and he's like, yeah. uh, "She's like cool trick." He's like, "I like yours too." He's like, <laughs> that "Yeah, was cute. the kids were cute." Well, I kind of want them to come back. No, I think the only thing I'm disappointed in, and even then, it's like it's not disappointment; it is more like fanboy disappointment. Is that Quicksilver didn't turn out to be the Quicksilver from the X Men universe? I love that he turned out to be Agnes's husband that we yeah. never saw, Ralph like, Boner. Ralph Boner. And to be, to be completely fair, I think it's uh, how they did it was great. It's just kind of like I would have kind of liked to have that have been the doorway for some of those actors, like the first class ones, especially. Yeah. To continue on in those roles somehow, but yeah. 
to me, this kind of makes sure that that door is now shut. Like, uh, even Pretty with the much, multiverse yeah. coming in, I, I think the, the Fox X-Men properties now with that, if he had been Quicksilver, there would have been chances that we'd get some of those actors. Yeah. Now that he's not, I think that means they're going to, when those characters appear, it's going to be a completely new cast, barring, uh, what's his face, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. He's going to be, he is the... Interestingly enough, he is the one carryover from the Fox X-Men universe. And even that was only sort of the Fox X-Men universe. Right. That's going to stick around. Well, and that's the thing, though. So we are getting a Deadpool movie, but we don't know that it's in the MCU. It could still just be in that Deadpool Marvel X-Men universe. And maybe that's where those characters will kind of, like, the ones that will be used will live on is through Deadpool like through the next movie and who knows if there's something after it. Yeah. But other than that, and even that's not that like, that's barely a disappointment for me. Like I, I thought it was really well done. It's just kind of like, uh, uh, that means Nicholas Holt isn't coming back as beast or anything like that in the near right. future. Yeah. I think that, chucks the door. but you know, they had a good run. They, they, they got a couple movies each out of it. And it's, there were 20 years of X-Men films. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more of the first class ones as opposed oh, right. to the the first batch. Right. Just due to age, most of those actors yeah. are they're starting to age out of their parts. Well, and right? like, just real quick, since we're on the X Men kick here, have you seen the online petition to get um, oh shit, what's his name from Letterkenny to be cast yeah. as the next Wolverine? Kiso. Which is hilarious because I'm pretty sure we brought that up before. I think we Fantasy. joked about them having a fight. Wolverine versus. No, no, him. I'm pretty sure when we did one of our castings, we were like, "Oh, oh he should they? be Wolverine because uh, he's, you know, he's he's got he's short, he's Canadian, he's tough, he's got the right yeah, build." I think we he's did an actor. too. He's not famous enough that you know that he's that he's that he's still in that. Yes, he's he's known, but he's only known really for Letterkenny. People forget that he was the army guy in Godzilla, and he's in this, and he was like Don Cherry in that CBC Don Cherry movie, and he was. Yeah, yes, he was. I didn't even know there was a CBC Don Cherry movie. That was years ago. There yeah. were two of them, weren't there? Yeah, I, I want to say it's a two-parter. Keep your head up, kid. The Don Cherry Story, 2010, and The Wrath of Grapes, The Don Cherry Story 2, 2012. <laughs> All right then. The, uh, the only problem with him is I think he's like six foot something. I really want whoever to be whoever plays Wolverine. Really? Next he doesn't short. See, he doesn't look to me like he's that tall. Anyway, I yeah, have to look it up. I don't know. It'd be interesting if they actually had a Canadian play Wolverine, but yeah. Um, it come, it's like the second thing that shows up is like if you put it in his name is Jared Kiso Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> he is 5'10. There you go. Oh, so he's oh, the he's same not... height as me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so everybody else on that Jackman. show is just short. That That's a very strong possibility. I'm trying to think but, if uh, there was anything that I was disappointed about at the end. And uh, I think that I was actually kind of relieved at the end because I was expecting it to be way more sad than it was. Um, I I really like that they 
gave her the ability to come to terms with everything and to kind of go in peace mm-hmm. um, instead of having her like break down. And I was also disappointed that Agatha didn't end up being the like the mentor that because we were watching Brent and I were watching after pretty much every episode, like the theories episodes mm-hmm. that some different YouTubers had. So that's how I learned a bit about Agatha. Um, and I kind of would have liked to have her be more of the mentor role, like maybe yes. start off as a bit of an antagonist. But after that episode where they go through uh, her past, they, not Agatha's past, they go through Wanda's past. I think it would have been nice to have Agatha instead of trying to steal all of her powers to kind of be that guiding influence and be like, yes, you're a witch, you're a Scarlet witch. Um, let me teach you. But I understand the way they did it and I'm not disappointed, but I kind of wish that they had given her more of a role model that way. I agree. I I was really hoping Agnes wouldn't turn out to just be the big bad of the show. Mm -hmm. I wanted her to be trying, doing what she did because she needed to help Wanda or, or stop Wanda. Yeah. From something else. Now, I, the one thing I like about her, though, is she ain't dead. Yes. She is one of the few MCU villains that has lasted all the way through and not been killed at the end. True. Like, And there is so many ways she can be brought back. Like, like even Scarlet, or Wanda basically says that she's still in there. She's just kind of behind bars, I guess, in the brain. Yeah, and she's like, and she's like, oh, you'll need me, you'll need me. And she's like, well, I don't know where to find you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, but then I, she's never going to come back as anything like like a mentor in that manner. She because could, they, I don't know. I think she could. Yeah, but it would be a reluctant one. Like, you know, you've imprisoned me. Why would she be all happy to, to help her? Because uh, she released her. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think after the big fight and everything... Like I don't, I don't really even see Wanda forgiving her either. So I really liked the part with the root with the wards, though, in the runes. I was like, oh my god, look, she put mm-hmm. up runes. That's yeah, that awesome. was pretty awesome. <laughs> I liked that one of my early predictions was true. Which one Which was what? that? That it was all Wanda and her dealing with her uh, emotions and grief and everything that was causing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we evolved that later to hope that it was being powered by something else, but early on we did talk about that. So, mm-hmm. yep. Now, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. Never mind. <laughs> well, I didn't get a chance to say what I was disappointed with. Oh, okay. I what over were you me. disappointed with? Not really much. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. you, um, Good job, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you know, the fact that maybe, you know, that we didn't get, like, I, I was, okay, fine, I was happy, I was fine with it being, you know, driven by her grief and everything like that. It would have been nice if it would have been something that was, even if we didn't get it resolved, but we saw afterwards that the way that she tapped into that power was that somebody else was doing something, like Dormammu or <laughs> Mephisto was pulling some strings as a lead in to go, you know, to everything else, you know, to help bring us to Doctor Strange 2 or Spider Man or something like that, right? 
But uh, the fact that it wasn't, that's fine. That was just us, you know, having fun predicting things. Reading things that weren't there. <laughs> so now I really, really, really need Mattel to make a Barbie of uh, the Scarlet Witch in the costume from the end. Because it's gorgeous. I love her costume. Absolutely love it. So I've already tweeted them. <laughs> I'm surprised if they do. We're already getting a Vision Marvel Legends figure. Uh, like the white all, from that, like the all white, the all white. So there's been uh, talk of there being like a a Disney Plus wave. So it'll be a bunch of things, people's costumes that have been changed or whatever they're going to be. So like we'll get, uh, we'll probably get Wanda, we'll get Vision. Yeah, but I don't then, want her as an action figure. I want her as a Barbie. Oh, I know, but if you're going to do that, <laughs> the, the chances are you, you know, I don't see why they wouldn't do a Barbie. Well, they they made a, uh, they haven't done too many Marvel Barbies recently that I've been able to see. They did recently do a Black Widow Barbie though for the Black Widow movie. So I'm hoping that they'll also do a Scarlet Witch. Well, she's a part of this Doctor Strange movie, so yeah. But I want it specifically in that costume. <laughs> And Jen doesn't want to wait till next year to get it. And I don't want to wait till next year. Mm. Alrighty, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, overall, watch WandaVision. It's great. And then in two yeah. weeks, we get uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which uh, looks good, but a different kind of good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, what are we I'm, hoping for from Falcon and Winter Soldier? I want it to be funny. I'm looking for humor. Right. I I'm thinking it's going to be superhero buddy cop movie or right. TV show. Kind of like um, Hobbs and Shaw. And now, uh, what's his face? Um, Anthony Mackie has come out and kind of said that there won't be a season two, or it'd be very the chances of a season two are slim. Now that might mean of Falcon Winter Soldier, that doesn't mean one of those two characters gets something else after this. Yeah, it could be split into two shows, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, and yeah. Let, let's be fair here, too. Uh, Anthony Mackie is now a veteran Marvel actor, so he knows how to play the game at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, so is, um, so is Sebastian Stan. Yeah, but nobody's asked been, him yet. He's been in as many uh, MCU movies as Falcon has. No, but I mean in the fact that, like, he knows how to play the media game of bullshit. Oh, Oh, yeah, there's not going to be another one. Next thing you know, there's five. Yeah. He's like, oh, didn't I I tell you it's Captain America and the Falcon? Bop, bop. Oh, no, it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that too. Like, it could be any number of things, so... (laughs) Or Captain um, America's with an S, and they're both Captain America. Weirdly, I'm I I keep I had kept forgetting this until recently, but the the young lady who played Emphis Nest in Solo is playing a version of Flag Smasher in Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I'm hmm. really kind of excited to Flag see that. Flag Smasher, huh? Hmm. Like a version, yeah. Of yeah. I like it's it. It looks like there's a group of them that's kind of mixed in with the Watchdogs. If um, you remember that from that era of Captain America, where Steve Rogers quit, no. we got John Walker as Captain America. It's, 
It was, I, I think we're getting a run on that Mark, like a version of that Mark Grunwald story. And I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Mm. See, and so you guys are hoping for like the buddy cop comedy thing with them. I think you'll get some, we're going to get some comedy back and forth between them. But I'm hoping the, and I'm looking for the story to be more along the lines of your, of like Civil War, or not, sorry, of Winter Soldier, where it's more your, your serious spy movie, like a Jack, or, or like a Jack Ryan series, or, or like 24 with, you know, with Jack Bauer, and, you know, there's, there's stuff going on, there's a bit of a mystery, they're trying to figure something out, or they're, you know, what's their bad guy? We know Zemo's the bad guy, what's he up to? We but also we also know that John US Walker's agent. in there, and yep. the, this watchdog group is in there too. Like, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, they're going to be, well, say Falcon and and Winter Soldier running around with Cap's shield, but the, apparently now the U.S. government has put out their own Captain America. So how is, you know, is their Captain that Captain America going to come after Falcon and Winter Soldier because yeah. they haven't signed the accords? Uh, what's going to, you know, I think there's a lot of things that it's like, what is this show going to be? And it's only, like you said, what, six episodes? It's only six. Yep. Hmm. There have been longer than WandaVision episodes were though, apparently. And, and like agent 13's in there. Anthony Mackie has also mentioned that like a chunk of the story is very much based around race. So Mm. it kind of, which I could totally see if, the whole controversy of, oh, we can't have a black Captain America. Yeah, between that and the stuff we saw in real life with real cops and, yep. like, how does that sort of sit with him? You know, the, there's a lot of interesting ways they can go. Like, I think I think we're getting... Ch- what I meant by the buddy cop thing is I think we're getting chunks of that to liven it up in between. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I found that WandaVision was fairly serious, so I kind of wouldn't... Would, would like a almost like not a palate cleanser, but like a little bit of a change to a different, maybe something a little bit funnier, a little bit wittier. Well, I think not Loki, so much the mystery. I think Loki's going to be that. I think Loki. Loki's going to be funny. There's also okay. Modoc yeah. from Hulu. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that looks just so. Weird. After Winter Soldier and Falcon, what's the next series that's coming to Disney Plus? Is it Loki? Loki? Yeah, Loki. That's when everything... Okay. I was just trying to figure out, when does that What If series come out? After Loki. After Loki? Okay. When does the next Star Wars series come out? Uh, I think that's going to be The Bad Batch is the next one. Yeah, and that... uh, May the 4th. Yeah. Of course. So looking forward to that, too. Disney Plus knows how to keep my money. Uh, yeah, it's finally getting to that point that we had hoped for when we all signed up for Disney Plus, where it was going to be like something new from the Marvel world, like every week. And plus, with everything getting... they added to on Star, there's just a ton yep. of content. And then that new movie, that Raya and the Dragon or whatever, that just that popped up this week. You have to oh pay yeah, for it. yeah. I really out. want to see that too. I will wait till it is not thirty bucks. Oh, definitely. But I still want to see it. Bucks for it if I'm already paying for Disney Plus. Oh, oh, who's beeping? His car is beeping. Car uh, phone is. Beeping. Can you hear that? That yeah. is my phone. It's just the uh, my phone is ringing and it's on silent. Ah, oh, it's vibrating. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have breaking news. 
to end this episode with. Okay, hit it. So we have been seeing images from Space Jam 2. Oh, <laughs> yes. We're all looking forward to. The It is apparently going to be a crossover of uh, of proportions between different Warner Brothers properties. I had heard yeah, that. I heard about that. So the newest resident of Thermoscara, <laughs> the newest Amazon, Lola Bunny. Of course. Lola Bunny is an Amazon. Now, I discovered that Sonequa Martin-Green, who plays Michael Burnham on Star Trek Discovery, plays Mrs. LeBron James in that movie. Oh, does she? Yeah. That's funny. So, the, so much like uh, Space Jam, they're not using Michael Jordan's real wife. No. They didn't use Michael Jordan's real family in it. So, Now, did anybody see the fanboys getting upset on the internet oh, when the new yeah. picture... Of Lola, is it Lola uh, Bunny, whatever, when compared to yeah. how she looked in Space Jam One, to, she is to how not, she looks it, now. She, she no longer has the curves that she used to. She uh, looks like an animated bunny. The animated bunny isn't sexy enough for them. Apparently uh, yeah. not. Apparently she, she had a breast reduction surgery, and all the fanboys are upset. Oh my god! So yeah, they I, I had can't fulfill their sexual fantasies a- against an animated rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> that there's a couple other Warner Brothers properties that are going to be mixed in too. I, I can't seem to find it, it now. Scooby Doo. Yeah, might be, but uh, I'm curious. I I will say right off the bat that I unabashedly love Space Jam. It is not a good film. <laughs> I it haven't seen it in so funny. long. Especially now, you know the t- the the time period because that was during the. Um, it was filmed. So it took so long to film that Michael Jordan was a basketball player, retired, became a baseball player, and came back, all within the space of filming. <laughs> so, yeah, I know I've seen that movie, but I don't remember it. It's been so many years. I mean, there's not much to remember. Like, they played yeah. basketball. But I, I, I will also say, Looney Tunes, I just sort of love Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like, I like that. <laughs> um, to that end, we are at the end of this episode, which means Geek Picks. Who wants to go first? Hmm. I will, I, I guess. Um, so... I haven't had much time for watching of anything or reading of anything lately, but I have been keeping up with uh, DuckTales. DuckTales has just come back, Ooh. and so I am watching the end of uh, the end of DuckTales. It's still so good, and I'm sad that there's only like six episodes left. Oh. Uh, has has it shown up on Disney Plus, or are you just watching? No, it? no, it's on Disney XD, so I'm oh, okay. TVRing it. It'll show up eventually. I'm looking. Yeah. I'm both looking forward and sad about it. At the yeah, because it's so yes. good. But then we can just watch it all over again from the beginning. Good choice, though. <laughs> Thank you. I like that show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Next, who wants to go next? Uh, I guess I'll go. Um. So it was my birthday recently. <laughs> what? Happy birthday! Thank you. 
so Brent got me a Barbie because I've decided to start collecting something expensive. So now I collect Barbies. Um, and he got me the Dragon Empress Barbie, who is beautiful. And that's my geek pick because she's so pretty. And um, I'm kind of collecting pop culture and fantasy and princess sort of Barbies. Like, I'm not collecting every Barbie because that would be ridiculous. Um, so, of course, I'm only expect- collecting the expensive ones. <laughs> so, he got me this Barbie. And I really love it. Not just because it's a beautiful Barbie and it's fantasy. But also because we've been playing this D&D game with friends of ours for years at this point. And my character is a elven sorceress who's got some dragon blood in her. So she's kind, she's got wings now and she's kind of, I'm hoping that she'll end up being an empress at some point. Like when we overthrow the current empress and, and I she likes use, to burn things and she loves to burn things. So I kind of like, I have this gorgeous Barbie doll and I'm kind of like, she's also like my character in D and D hopefully in the future. So I really like it. <laughs> So that's my geek pick is that Brent got me a fantastic birthday present. <laughs> cool. Ryan. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to pick uh, the AEW, AEW unrivaled action figure. Um, I, I don't have many and I just actually Brent picked me one up uh, just this past week and you know, it's a wrestling show. If you're not into wrestling, I do okay, whatever. I get it. It's not for yeah. everybody. But AEW wrestling has been a breath of fresh air. Like I was a wrestling fan back in the day in the Attitude Era when when like Hulk uh, after Hulk Hogan, uh, when Stone Cold and The Rock were running around making trouble, and and then I fell off once they kind of went away. And this whole AEW thing brought me back in, and I get to enjoy watching wrestling with my friends again. And it's been fun, and the character, you know, the it's been they've been put out a good product, and they finally got some action figures, and the quality of the toys is way better than it deserves to be. Uh, just for the, you know, of course, they've got lots of plenty of points of articulation, like you would hope to in a wrestling figure, so you can to make them do all their fancy wrestling moves. Uh, but they've got some really great accessories, and their costume bits and stuff are are, are top notch. And uh, they've got to the point where that, like, the flesh color and like the, the, the printed on tattoos are just uh, better than you would really expect. Like Brent got some that you can literally read the tat, you know, the writing of their tattoos that are on them. So, uh, but yeah, so it's uh, the AW action figures is my geek pick. Cool. Ooh, that's a good choice. Because <laughs> I thought about doing that too. Because I, I too picked up two figures from that line, uh, particularly two luchadors, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. The Lucha Bros. The Lucha Brothers, yeah. And uh, they are excellent. But uh, I'm actually going... Who is literally one of the best heels in the business right now. (laughs) To the point where he had a Twitter feud with Diane Warwick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was but, nominated uh, for a best actor or whatever, or best character. Is yeah, that what it was? from New York Times, I get. I think. Yeah. yeah. He's 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 playing it old school, where he's like on when he interacts on Twitter and he does any interviews, he's in character, and he's a pompous asshole. Is what his character is. Yep. So. 
he does Jen really heard him on a podcast I was listening to once and asked, like, is he really that much of an asshole? Like, I don't know, but that's what he plays on TV. <laughs> yeah. What's your pick, Brett? Oh, um, I, I'm just, I wanted to make sure that I've got the right channel before I do it. So I might have to edit this out because it's my thing. Uh, screen crash. Why didn't you look this up while we were all talking? I lost track. <laughs> oh, no. it's Okay, so um, my geek pick is uh, from a YouTube channel called Screen Rant. I have fallen into this hole of they do these things. It's one guy. It's does, so funny. Does pitch meetings for movies where it's he plays the screenwriter and like I guess the producer or the studio and it's him basically pointing out all the holes in movies and they're just hilarious. Yeah, so <laughs> a shit ton of them. He's pitching a plot as a screenwriter to an executive of some sort and the executive is like as the screenwriter is going through the plot the executive is asking questions and the screenwriter is like I don't know, or because, or I did zero research. <laughs> don't worry about that part. No one yeah. was going to ask that question. Exactly. It's so f- And then the executive's like, okay, then let's keep going. It's really good. Uh, especially like he's got it down to a pretty good science at this point of what he uses. And like some of them, it's, I don't recommend watching them on movies that you like. Because it may okay. ruin them. The, the tenant one was really good. <laughs> was really good because it just ends up like with most of it, the film producer guy has no clue what's going on. <laughs> uh, the the tenant one and uh, the one on uh, Tiger King, the, uh, oh, the yeah. Netflix series, was also really good. But yeah, they're they're like six minutes, maybe seven minutes long at the most. And it's just, they're well-written, well-performed, because it's the same guy does both characters. <laughs> so, And his catchphrase is the executive asks funny. the question, like, well, won't that be difficult? And the screener goes, no, it's going to be super easy, barely an inconvenience. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> barely an inconvenience. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, the Hobbs and Shaw one was really good, too. <laughs> And I liked that movie. It was still funny. Yeah. Should everybody should watch one of those. That is uh my recommendation, my geek pick. You can find them on YouTube. Um so uh with that, we come to the end of this show. And uh we want to do our plugs, I guess. So let's start off with Ryan. You've got a show coming up in the very near future. Yep, in the next couple of weeks, the next episode of Tales from the Collectiverse will be coming out every third Friday, uh, th- th- third Thursday of the month. Uh, Ed and I uh, sit down and talk for an hour about collecting stuff. Uh, I think on the next episode, our big end of uh, end of episode conversation, we're going to be reflecting on uh, movie tie-ins. At least that's what we talked about talking about. We may not talk about that. I don't know. Uh, you know, like all the stuff you used to pick up at like at McDonald's or like all that fun stuff, right? Like when the, yeah. when yeah, all the promotional stuff that you used to be able to collect for movies. 
Somewhere oh, wow. I have a Catwoman in a little purple car that I got out of a McDonald's Happy Meal. Oh, there you go. See? All that kind of fun stuff. Uh, and so you can find us on Instagram and uh, at Tales from Collectorverse. Uh, and I'm up there posting photos, doing some videos. We've done a couple uh, what's in the boxes. Usually it's, uh, that's kind of our unboxing if we get something new. Uh, yeah, so please follow us uh, on there. Like us. Share us. Please, please follow us. Next. I guess that's me. Uh, So uh, just before I recorded this episode, I recorded an episode of Galaxy Class. We come out every Friday uh, and we talk about Star Trek The Next Generation. This week's episode is about uh, we all created watch lists based on the theme of family. So we each created a list of episodes to watch based on that theme. I'm also still doing Stage Whispers. We're having a good role with that show, which is about uh, live theater in our region and uh, that uh, I'll be recording that one on Monday night so that should be out this week as well a new episode Ooh. of that so question yes have you discussed what's going on in Barry and the theater situation that has come up since our last episodes I'm sure that will be a major topic of discussion Ooh, um, our feature this our feature this episode is um, is an interview with the artistic director of Theater by the Bay. So, oh, nice. And he is part of a group that's that's been organized um, to talk to the city government. So um, I'm sure that has come up. I did not do the interview. Uh, my friend Nancy did, but I'm sure that uh, they spoke about that. And uh, it'll be much. It'll be very interesting to listen to. I look forward to it, Jen. Well, we are nearing the end of uh, season one of Sailor Snacking. There's two more episodes left. Uh, I think if my calculations are correct, it's on March 15th is when the next one's going to come out, where we talk about episodes 43 and 44, which are the uh, penultimate uh, episodes. And then the next one is going to be our last one on March 29th of season one. So what I really need to do is start talking to Tracy and figuring out when we're going to start recording um, season 1.5. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, keep listening. Um, let us know if you're actually listening to Sailor Snacking. We're on Instagram at Sailor Snacking, or you can uh, email truenorthnerds at gmail.com or go to the True North Nerds Facebook and drop us a line and let me know if you're enjoying uh, Sailor Snacking or um, any of our other podcasts or this podcast. Talk to us, please. I quite and... enjoy your show, Jen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so that leaves me um, an update from our last episode. Uh, my radio show, The Dark Side, lives yet again. Yay! Uh, not on terrestrial radio any longer. I have... Uh, joined a group for at least for the time being called the black Donnelly radio. Um, you can find my shows now on mixcloud mixcloud.com slash black Donnelly radio, all one word. Um, and I'm posting them up there. Now, the good thing is, is if you want to listen to them, but they were originally past your bedtime, uh, for some people, you now can listen to them, uh, basically whenever you want, cause they are streaming. So, 
you can't download them, at least not legally. There is probably ways around it, but I don't know what those are. <laughs> but uh, the shows are archived there as well. So uh, the new series of The Dark Side, we're on episode two. Episode three will be later on this week. They're still dropping Thursday nights at 9 p.m., though. So Very cool. Yeah. I'm glad that that worked out for you. Yeah, uh, for the time being, we'll see. Um, since you know, things come, things go. Um, beyond that, uh, there's this show that I do and still enjoy doing, and I will be doing another one of these in two weeks. So uh, come back in two weeks where we'll be talking about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. And when does uh, Snyder Cut hit? Isn't it? It's coming up. I, I just don't know when off the top of my head. So yeah, uh, there might, might be, the be that as 19th? well. Yeah. So we we shall see. But uh, tune in and find out. Tune in and find out. Kind of like us in some ways. Until then, uh, stay healthy and well, everyone. Bye. See Bye. ya. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at truenorthnerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. Welcome, everybody. (coughs) (laughs) And we're keeping that entrance. Yeah, maybe I'll hide it at the end of the episode.